Hello, and welcome to Cooking Through the Collection. My name is Melissa, and I'm a librarian and home cook. I do a lot of research and wanting to expand my repertoire of cooking, and so I've challenged myself to walk through the stacks of my library's cookbook collection and grab things I've never tried before. So let's see what I've selected for this episode. My father is an amazing bread baker. He used to do this on weekends when he wasn't too busy as a college professor and holidays, as I've mentioned in my Thanksgiving episode about Chesnitsa. One time I tried to actually surprise my parents when they were gone for the day and bake bread as a teenager. And so I followed all the instructions for my dad's white bread. It's really good sandwich bread. Great crumb. Toasted really well. Followed all the instructions. I remember my dad preheating the oven and at a really low temperature, like the lowest temperature. And then putting the bowl in there for it to rise, you know, so there isn't a draft. They always talk about a warm space. Well, I didn't realize that when my dad got it to temperature that he turned it off. He kind of opened it for a little bit to cool it down a tiny bit and then put it in. So I baked a loaf of very flat, underproof bread at 170 degrees Fahrenheit. I didn't admit to my parents that I did this. I tried to clean everything up. I was distraught. I don't know if I ever told them. I think I told them afterwards about how just depressed I was. So I've avoided baking bread. I admit it. I have some amazing opportunities to get bread in my community. There's some Italian bakeries. There's some more fancy bakeries also. And so I just haven't really tried. I haven't tried to make my dad's Chesnitsa. I really need to do that to keep that tradition going. You know, he, you know, my parents are older now. So this was the time to face my fear. I thought this is a time to keep me accountable. I'm putting it on the podcast as well. So the book that I selected for this episode is The Bread Baker's Apprentice, Mastering the Art of Extraordinary Bread by Peter Reinhardt. This book is known as a classic and a Bible for bread making. And it's kind of looks kind of intimidating because there's someone who clearly uh, has a culinary school uniform on, uh, triggered. I, I still have mine. I don't know if it fits. I haven't tried. It's got different uh, medals on it from Jane's Beard Foundation. You know, no, no pressure there. And the ICAP Cookbook Awards Book of the Year. This is an extremely comprehensive book. It talks about different types of flours, all the different ingredients, how to shape rolls, which is really important to make sure it comes out the way you want it to and it looks beautiful. All the things about proofing and all those steps, beautiful photos beyond the instructions showing you the recipes. There's Kaiser rolls, there's sticky buns, which I actually made sticky buns for the first time at Christmas and they were a total pain in the rear, but were absolutely delicious. So it also kind of boosted my, lessened my fear, I guess would be a way of saying it, for baking. So I was flipping through this and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I decided to make cinnamon raisin walnut bread. And so let's get in the kitchen. So the recipe for cinnamon raisin walnut bread is on page 147. There's a huge list of ingredients. But let's start. We're going to stir together the flour, sugar, salt, yeast, and cinnamon in a mixing bowl or in the bowl of electric mixer. 
This recipe actually has things in volume and in weight. So I'm going to do the weight just because I can do everything in the bowl. I'm not going to mess up as many things. So I'm going to put my, my bowl on top. I'm going to zero it out. So I need it's either three and a half cups or 16 ounces of unbleached bread flour. Well, funny stories. I forgot. I didn't read the <laughs> ingredients list that closely and I didn't have bread flour. So I decided to go and get it. So I went and got some. So we're going to need 16 ounces. So we're gonna carefully weigh in. 16 ounces is a pound. So we're at seven, eight, nine, go a little bit faster, 10, 12, 13, let's see, 14, 15, and one pound. We are at one pound of bread flour. So next we zero that. So I'm going to need 0.66 ounces or four teaspoons of granulated sugar. Because these are such small amounts, I am going to do the volume. So as I said, four teaspoons. We need one and a quarter teaspoons of salt. Which interesting is the salt and yeast are going in at the same time. My father taught me to not do that or someone did. I remember somewhere said don't mix the yeast and the salt in the beginning, but this clearly says it's okay. One teaspoon. Do a quarter teaspoon. Okay, we did the salt. Then we're gonna need two teaspoons of instant yeast. So I have premium gold instant dry yeast. I actually made sticky buns for Christmas, so I have plenty of yeast left. So two teaspoons. This is cinnamon raisin walnut bread. So this is actually one and a quarter teaspoons of ground cinnamon. So I think I actually have leftover from Spice House. I think I have some really good cinnamon left. We had done a cinnamon program for work a while back. I have clothes. Oh, yeah, we go. So it's the Corinche cinnamon, which is ground cassia. This is one of my favorites for baking. So let's use the nicer cinnamon today, right? One and a quarter teaspoons of ground cinnamon. So I had said stir together the flour, sugar, salt, yeast, and cinnamon in a mixing bowl. So we have done that. Add the egg, shortening buttermilk, and water. We're going to take this off the scale now. Let's go back to just doing volume. Add the egg, slightly beaten. You never want to put an egg directly into a bowl of something you're working, because if the egg is bad or you get shell, you have to fight to get it out and potentially waste everything. So we don't have large eggs. We actually have extra large. It's not too much different in size. So let's get a fork. I don't crack on the sides of the bowl. It actually pushes the shell into the egg. So let's not do that. But because most of the problems with the eggs are actually on the outside of the shell. And that came out nicely. Actually didn't have any shell fragments. Let's quickly rinse the hands. I'm gonna be handling this more so. I did impeccably wash my hands. I did that as soon as I came back from the grocery store. So I promise I did it. Let's whisk this egg up. It says slightly, but I don't want a big blob of egg white. So we're gonna pour that into the bowl. So for the shortening, it says it should be two tablespoons of shortening melted or at room temperature. We store ours in the fridge. I had pulled it out earlier. Let's get a knife. And because it is room temperature and not melted, I'm gonna cut it up a little bit just so it will disperse better into the flour. So we'll kind of plop them in, pushing them off the butter knife. Come on, last bit. Shortening is very messy. Luckily also I had some shortening left over in storage from another baking project. I don't know if it was pie crust or what. 
But I haven't baked actually since Christmas. Before that, I hadn't even baked Christmas cookies. That was, I think, one of my first years I didn't. Probably you're healthier that way. Actually, this is a really good day for baking. It is extremely cold and it may be snowing later. So let us enjoy some fresh bread later, though I have learned that I'm not good at waiting for the bread. So I have to deal with that. So we have the shortening in, buttermilk or whole milk at room temperature. So a half cup of milk, stir together with a large spoon or mix on low with the paddle attachment. So what we're gonna do, since we're using the mixer, we're gonna pop it on and the paddle attachment will go on there and lock in. We're gonna pour the milk and then the water. It says we're gonna want three quarters of a cup of water. So we'll do that. Mix on low speed. So this is gonna be a little loud, so I'm not gonna try to talk during it. I'll probably cut until the ingredients come together and form a ball. So I'm gonna start this up and I'll be back because I don't wanna blow your ears out. So it says come together and form a ball. Adjust the flour or water if the dough seems too sticky or too dry and stiff. So this is extremely sticky. I think because we have a impending snow coming, it might be a little bit humid even though it feels very cold. So let's add a little bit more flour. See if that helps. I ended up having to add almost third to a half a cup more flour. The next part is sprinkle flour on the counter and transfer the dough to the counter and begin kneading or mixing on medium speed, switching to the dough hook. This is where my dad has that brute arm strength that I just don't have. That's why I'm using the mixer. I am gonna use the hook. I admit I used the hook also when I made the sticky buns, but they came out really well. So while it did form a ball, it's still kind of sticky, but it's definitely balling up. I might add a touch more flour, but you know, we'll see. So I'm gonna wash my hands because I now have batter hand, which as you might know, if you ever had it, it's, it's sometimes it's easier off when it gets dry, but then you have to wait. And I, I don't wanna wait. I would like to have bread at some point today. It's actually afternoon. I usually try to start baking longer projects earlier, but just kind of how it worked today. But I, I love bread. I've probably said this a million times in this episode, and we'll tell you it a million times in this episode. Fresh bread, there's just, there's really nothing like it. So we're gonna switch the dough hook on the mixer, lift the bowl back up. The dough should be soft and pliable, tacky, but not sticky. Add flour as you need, if necessary, to achieve that texture. Need by hand for 10 minutes or by machine for six to eight, because the machine is definitely more powerful. So I'm gonna add a little bit of flour on top and we'll get mixing and I'll be back. So I'm back and I did the six minutes. The next instruction is sprinkle in the raisins and walnuts during the final two minutes of kneading. So the amount of raisins is one and a half cups rinsed and drained. So I rinsed my raisins. I've never been instructed to do that before. I'm actually using a mixed jumbo raisin. I know they're a different volume, but that's what I had left from the sticky buns. That's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to make this recipe. I was trying to use up some of the other things we have. I have the raisins added in and then one cup of chopped walnuts. I have a bag of California shelled walnuts. So we're gonna measure that out. These are pretty good looking walnuts. I love walnuts. My parents put them in their Christmas nut roll. They're in the figgy pudding. When I have made baklava, the labor of love baking project, I use walnuts. I actually like them more than pistachios. I think it's because the baklava I had growing up was all walnut. It's interesting to see the different cultures and if they mix the nuts up, I'm gonna add it in. Now that they're a little smaller, I'm just gonna lower the bowl so I don't spill the walnuts everywhere because this is actually pretty far above. Oops, 
I missed a walnut. Don't want to miss a walnut. So let us get that into the bowl. So we're gonna put the bowl up and we're gonna do another two minutes and we'll be back. So we're back. Let me turn this off so you can hear me. So one of the interesting things that does say in the instructions is if you're mixing by machine, you may have to finish kneading by hand to distribute the raisins and walnuts. Let's see, we'll get the hook out. Let's see if we need to do this more. It's looking pretty good for distribution. I might add a little bit more flour. So let's flour the board, which you do when you have any sort of dough so it doesn't stick. Also flour in the hands can't hurt. So let's get this thing out of the bowl. It's kind of stuck to the bottom. So I think I'm gonna have to do some extra kneading by hand. So I'm gonna put some flour on the bottom and on the top. So we push away with the palms of our hands, kind of like the heel of our hand, so the bottom of your palm. And then you rotate it a quarter turn. If you're worried about sticking, rub some more flour. We're gonna try to get these nuts distributed and also kind of get some of the sticky off of this. This is looking pretty good. And there we go. So we've gotten everything distributed. So it should pass the window pane test, page 58, and register 77 to 81 Fahrenheit. So I've seen other people take temperatures of bread. I've never done it before. So let's see, 78. Okay, that's between 77 and 81. So lightly oil a large bowl and transfer the dough to the bowl, rolling it to coat with the oil. Cover the bowl with plastic wrap. So let's do that. I rinsed out the bowl I was using because might as well not waste another bowl. Is I have some canola oil, put a little bit in the bottom of the bowl. This will help it stop sticking. So when you're trying to pull it out, you don't deflate all that work that you did. Roll it around the sides of the bowl. The oil stops it from building a skin. It says ferment, well rise at room temperature for approximately two hours until the dough doubles in size. So we will be back in two hours. I love cinnamon. I love it in all different things. And I've learned that the quality of cinnamon does make a difference. I actually had a library program at work. where We talked about spices of the world. I did these during the pandemic and coming out of the height of the pandemic. We tried three different types of cinnamon. And the one I really like, which I still cannot pronounce, is Coringe cinnamon. And I got it from Spice House. You know, I've mentioned them before. I am not sponsored in any way. I love their stuff out in brown. Thank you for recommending it. So I'm going to read about this type of cinnamon from their website, Spice House. Hailing from the pristine highlands of Indonesia. Well, that was a little pretentious. Karinje ground kasha cinnamon is a sensory delight known for its intense aroma and full-bodied flavor. Recognized by its darker shade and robust fragrance, this particular variety of cinnamon showcases the rich terroir of the Sumatran regions. Okay, that's extremely flowery. However, this is the interesting part. The Karinje cinnamon is the cinnamon of choice for commercial bakers because of its flavor, flexibility, and low cost. Actually, when I smelled it first time and cooked with it, it reminds me of Cinnabon. And Cinnabon is a great memory. We used to go to the mall last minute for Christmas shopping with my family. We would get Cinnabon and then go different directions in the mall and then all join back in a few hours. So Cinnabon has a very good memory in my life. So let's be real. It's it's an amazing smell. Hello, everyone. I am back. It has been two hours. The dough has been rising in the bowl. So it said approximately two hours until it doubled in size. So let's see. Da-da-da. Oh, it's, de it's definitely doubled in size. 
I know the next step is going to be shaping the loaves, right? Divide the dough into two equal pieces and form them into loaves as shown on page 81. So let's go to page 81 in the book. It's called a sandwich loaf. Flatten the piece with your hand, folding the edges to make a rectangle about five inches wide and six to eight inches long. We roll it over and put kind of seam side down. Because I have two loaf pans that are a little bit different in size, I am going to weigh this dough to make sure that it's even. Get the scale back out. Get some parchment paper so it doesn't try to get all over the scale. Zero it out, and then we're gonna plop this beautiful bread dough. Ooh, it came right out. It says it's two pounds and 11 ounces. We're gonna try to carefully split this in half. So we wanna get one pounds, five ounces, five and a half ounces, right? Yes. Three. Okay, we're there. These don't look even, but I will take the scale's word for it. I'm not good at eyeballing things. I think I've mentioned that before. So let's zero the scale back out and put it away. So I didn't put away my flower, my flowered area from earlier. Hopefully that will give us some help. I'm gonna put a little bit more flour out though, because I do not want it to stick, but you also don't want too much flour because that can make it dry out. Let's roll this out, press it out into a rectangle. Let's not have too much flour, as I said. Put a little bit to the side. We're gonna pat it out to about a five inch wide. Pokey, pokey, pokey. Feels good, I'm poking it and it is springing back, but not immediately. And then it's at about six to eight inches long. It didn't say to oil the pans or anything, right? Divide the dough, form the loaves, place each loaf into a lightly oiled pan. See, it says four and a half by eight and a half inch pan. My pans are One's a little bit bigger than another. So this is going to be interesting. I gave them a quick wipe out earlier. Make sure they're extra dry. I'm going to use canola spray just because I think I can get it slightly more even this way. So let's do it. I'm going to use some canola spray. It's easier for getting into the corners. I'm still going to use my fingers to get it into all the edges, but I feel like I have a better chance of success. It said once I have my kind of five by eight rectangle to turn it inside out and kind of roll it away from me. Kind of think of like a sushi roll, I guess. And the reason you want it tight is so you don't get that weird air pocket. If you've ever had a loaf of bread where it has like the top of it's fitting and then all of a sudden it kind of pulls apart because there's an air pocket. We don't want air pockets. So I'm going to try to pinch it up and then it says put it seam side down in the pan. Okay, so I've done that for one. Now let's do it for the second one. This is the larger pan. So I'm going to guess this is probably going to bake differently, but unfortunately my pans are not twins. We're going to press it out to approximately five by eight. We're good. And we're going to roll it away from us. Try to keep it as tight as possible with the raisins and the nuts. It's a little bit harder to do that. So hopefully we still have enough. And we're going to tuck the ends under a little bit. We're gonna put that one in the loaf pan as well. So let's see, divide the dough, mist the tops with spray oil, and we're gonna cover them with plastic wrap this time. I already had the spray oil, haha. -ha. So we're gonna do that. I think this is probably to stop it from sticking. If it does, we're gonna cover it with plastic wrap. Proof at room temperature for 60 to 90 minutes until the dough crests above the lips of the pans and is nearly doubled in size. Back to proofing again, and we'll come back in about an hour. 
So we are back, it's been 90 minutes. The instructions said we wanted the dough to double in size. So it's definitely gotten bigger. However, I don't think I did a good job rolling one of them because it looks like it's unraveled and is leaning towards the side. So I might have an odd shaped loaf when we're all said and done, but you know, it is what it is. Hopefully it tastes good and I'll get a little bit better at this. Remember I said this has been one of my fears. So the next step is to preheat the oven to 350 with the oven rack in the middle of shelf. Place the pans on a sheet pan, making sure they're not touching each other. Bake for 20 minutes, rotating, then doing another 20 to 30 minutes, and the breads will be registering 190. We're gonna do it, and I guess I will be back when I'm taking their temperature. Okay, but did take the total of 50 minutes, and then we took its temperature, and it was about like 195, 200. So we pulled it out and the sides are golden and the bottom, let me see if you can hear this. Does that sound hollow? I hope that sounds hollow. It has cooled, it said for one hours and ideally two. Here's the thing, letting bread cool that long when it smells so damn good is just, it's just really hard. Let us cut a slice. So let's find a good serrated knife. Let's see. It's very soft, it has a very light crumb. And let's see. That looks like a very nice fluffy loaf of bread. Part of it on the side did unravel on my, you know, that sandwich loaf folding technique. So I think that's a me problem, but we'll figure this out. So let's cut a slice, Chris. So I have Chris here, he's gonna help, and I've cut the first slice of bread. Other than its outer look, how does it look on the inside? Does it look good? Looks delicious. I can't wait to try some of this. Okay. And you're getting the first slice. There you go. I think you should get the first slice. You did all the work. Oh, but yeah. You only sliced one, so I will eat it and tell you that it's delicious. He's chewing, so that's good. He's pointing and he's nodding his head, which is usually a good sign with him. Mmm. Mmm. This is good. This is really good. You're going to like this. Take a bite. You can have a bite. Mmm. It's fluffy. It is. It's fluffy. The raisins add a good flavor. I don't, I'm not really getting a lot of the walnuts, but the cinnamon is there. Maybe I cut the walnuts too small. I was so worried about cutting them too big that maybe I went too far in the other direction. Right, but the, the raisins are definitely there. The cinnamon's definitely there. The bread is nice and fluffy. It's a firm but fluffy bread. It's It's got real, real good contracts. I, I would say this is very tasty. I'm gonna take another bite. He's taking another bite, folks. That's always good, too. So it's made of bread. Other than it having its little unrolling thing, I think it came out pretty well. Came out delicious. Okay, so thumbs up on cinnamon raisin bread. Thumbs up. So the bread baker's apprentice by Peter Reinhardt. It was very easy to understand recipes with detailed instructions with images for steps like the rolling and you know make tucking the sandwich bread in. I'm kind of bummed that mine didn't tuck, but I think that's a me problem and not a book problem. And those images were just they were extremely helpful. So whether to borrow it or buy it. If I would buy it, if you're going to go down the rabbit hole of baking, you know, some of us did that with sourdough during the pandemic. If you kind of want to expand beyond that and use yeast and try to get over your fear of yeast, like I did, I would say buy it. If you're new to baking, you're not sure you're going to go down the bread route. It's definitely a different way of baking. It's, it's a little bit more precise, which I know some people don't enjoy in the kitchen. I would say to borrow it. Thank you for joining us on Cooking Through the Collection. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. You can visit the website for more information at cookthecollectionpod.com. 
Follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Cook the Collection Pod. Thank you so much again for joining me and happy baking. <laughs>